When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, Rat Sound Review Network has plenty of shows to choose from. Like Rat Sound Review, where they discuss the latest rock and metal news, as well as interviews and albums. Album vs. Album, the King Diamond Podcast, with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and sometimes this guy. Smack him a gob! Ralph Vieira is also on our network with the Vieira Bowl. There's also Old Man Metal's Musings, where he discusses heavy metal and beer. Music is Life with Lou Mavs. The Right Opinion for Those Who Love Politics, a South Park podcast called Suck My Balls, The Infinite Fringe, a watch-along wrestling show called Beyond Bushido, Extradivarius guitarist, The Timo Tolki podcast, and The Great Harry Barnett with I Don't Even Like Podcast and The Laugh Cast. So check out RatSoundReview.com or search RatSoundReview on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Side B, we're back. <laughs> Should have Lisa on more often. She makes me laugh. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're welcome. You're a lot of fun. I don't I'm a guy's gal. When you're when you're a base when you're a 12 year old bass player, you don't have any female friends. Really. <laughs> you're just hanging out with the guys, you know. Very true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was that weird kid, you know, in the mosh pit, so. Caught in a mosh pit. Yeah. Caught to in a mosh I was yeah. always the one leaving the mosh pits. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was like, let me well, in. Let me in there. Let me at him. Let me at him. Pick me up. It's funny. Guys put their hands together. You know. 
Oh, yeah, but it's funny because everybody used to use the same clip for me because I was always stoned or on acid or something. So people would show me that that clip of Otto, the bus driver from The Simpsons at the Judas Priest concert. Sit down! You're ruining it for everyone! (laughs) One of the last concerts I went to was Life of Agony, 20-year anniversary of um, River Runs Red. And oh. I don't know. I don't know if you, you guys probably never saw them live, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but is the singer now a female? He is now a female. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but uh, that was probably one of the craziest shows I went to. I, we, me and my friends were actually right on the guardrail, and as soon as they came on, everybody just rushed to the front of the stage, and then they started a mosh pit, and my friend's ribs got broken. <laughs> But he lasted the whole yeah he lasted the whole show. I was out of there after yeah. the first song. I was like, "There's no way I can't take this." So I I, I get out of that shit. I, I stay in the back. And I broke four ribs last year. Last year, Jesus. Yeah. Stop what going to Max, Mosh Pits. Max Cavalera. What was the band he's in now? Soulfly. Soulfly. Was that a Soulfly? I got knocked clean down by a man with one arm. Not. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's impressive. I skipped right into the pit, and this guy, he looked right at me like, I want to be your friend, and he ran directly at me. (laughs) Wow. One armed man knocked me down. I broke four ribs. But guess what? I stayed for the rest of the show. Hell yeah. (laughs) You know, that reminds me. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but in the Miami International Airport, there was a guy arrested for beating his wife. And that guy was the drummer of Def Leppard. Oh, yes, that's right. He did it with one arm. (laughs) It's a true story. That is true. What is wrong with that woman? I'm like, like, wow, what a pimp hand. Yeah, really. (laughs) I just want to know what's wrong with that woman. I know, right? What's wrong with She's got two arms. She's going to beat the hell out of him. Right, right. (laughs) Maybe she's Japanese or something. I mean, they're demure, you know? Probably she enjoyed it. Who knows? Maybe she. I mean, uh, you know, there's 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 submissive girls out there. I'm yeah, well, I can attest that a one armed man can be very dangerous. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, break ribs, you. they break ribs and slap women in airports. I, I I have fallen down many times in the pit, but I have never fallen down and had like a dozen people standing around me going. Are you okay? Before, so, yeah. <laughs> I knew it was bad. I knew it looked bad. So, you know, I, yeah. I've been in many pits, and I've always, I've only got injured once in a pit, and the only reason I got injured was a stage driver, a stage diver broke my lip. So it wasn't wow. actually in the pit; it was just a flying foot just hit, broke my lip wide yeah. from a stage diver. It wasn't even a guy in the pit, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I had a kid that was stage diving try to fight me once because he was so pissed. It was at the M3 Rock Fest down in Virginia. And Y&T was on, and they go to play Mean Streak, and he gets up there and went to jump right on top of me. I went like this and threw him. (laughs) I didn't realize it was right into the railing, but... (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) You're not jumping broken. (laughs) Well, I, I got a good one. I got stuck between two monitors. I was... I was crowd surfing and they dumped me off and I was stuck with my my arms and my legs up. Just my butt was stuck between two monitors <laughs> at, at a Henry Rollins show. 
and I couldn't get out. And so Rollins comes over and he's like leaning over and singing at me and like almost like laughing at me until some security comes and pulls me out. I was completely stuck. Was was it damaged? (laughs) Did he just did did he just sit there and sing damaged? (laughs) I don't know what does man. Oh God, it was mortifying. Ah, that's that's a rough one. Stuck. I could not move. I'm leaving. I'm leaving all this in. Welcome uh, back no, to. Uh, I, I was, leaving... You must. I must. These are the funny stories. Welcome, Welcome back to this back. broadcast. <laughs> Stop interrupting me! God damn it! <laughs> Shut your damn Jew mouth, <laughs> Wayne. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, sorry, I Jewish. watch a lot of South. For Christ's sakes, I'm not Jewish. I, hey, I what do I always <laughs> tell you? New York's alright if you like saxophones. <laughs> yeah, you're white. Hell yeah. What'd you say, Lisa? I'm sorry. Said I'm the only Jew here. Oh. I may look like a shiksa, but <laughs> sorry, no, nah, it's just um, <clears throat> South, South Park. Park. Yeah, believe me, man's a bad. And actually, we have a South Park uh, podcast on our network, so please go check that out. Yeah. And Greg, right. you're going to be a part of that show, right? Yep, I'm going to do Chicken Lover with Ryan. Welcome back to this broadcast. Belongs to them. We are on side two of King Diamond's Abigail. What the hell was that? An arrow? <laughs> the ghost is washing dishes again. It's the ghost. It's the, it's the gong ghost. show. 2020. Yeah. And here comes the unknown comic. Uh, the thing comes across and grabs me by my neck and get me out of here. I'm not doing a good job. Side B. Song one. The Omen. No, no. Omens. 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 <laughs> Uh, the Omen talks about uh, the table being set for three, the coming of the ghost in possession by the ringing church bell and the empty cradle. Swaying yes. in the air. Um, this song I'm not as crazy about as most of the other songs. I think it kind of dips down a little bit. Well, it's more radio friendly to me. It's more catchy so? and it's more straightforward. You know, it's it's less... It's for the most part, it's less complex than a lot of the other songs. That's why I think I don't like it. Yeah, maybe. It's got a cool groove the way it's cut out. Yeah. Yeah, the rhythm line's cool, and I mean, it furthers the plot of the story, and it doesn't sound bad. It's just not very interesting. Yeah. He 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 hams it up though. (laughs) He does it up, man. The thing about what about the cradle? You know. The empty yeah. cradle swing in the air, and then he does, I did not bring you in here! No! <laughs> no, no, no! Oh! Did you? <laughs> no! No! He's just totally, totally over the top in that song. So Yes, he is. But it's yeah. cool. It's cool. But there's, like I said, there's, uh, just, uh, there's footage of uh, King Diamond doing this in a club with Pantera back then. Oh, really? Without making really? and they, they do they nail it too. So the I mean, band the band is playing it? Yeah. Yeah, this okay. is before Pantera was big when they were a club band and King lives yeah. in Texas. Mm-hmm. And he came out without makeup and it's on YouTube. You can see it. They do uh omens. Yeah. And right. they nail it. They do it just like the record. And huh, King cool. King nails it too. Interesting. Never saw it. It's, uh, it's got a cool drum beat. 
the drumpy is cool in that song. It's complex. That's hard. I'll have to check. I do have in my possession an uncirculated bootleg of the show I was at in Miami Beach. But the reason it's uncirculated because it's so distorted. You can hardly make it out. It's so loud. So I'm not sure if they played that song that night. I'd have to look at that cassette again. But it's either this or the possession where the only there was only one song not played that night from this album. It was either Omens or possession i'll have to go check yeah uh greg about the song omens oh i pretty much said what i thought of it already it's okay but yeah Yeah, i I, I love it i do like i love the groove i like uh i love the little symphonic shit that's going on in the middle I, I dig it oh yeah yeah, that little breakdown thing yeah Yeah. i forgot about that yeah it's just out there it's like what the hell you know, yeah. I love it. it Unexpected. Uh, the possession. Uh, this is when he realizes the ghost was right, and Miriam grows steadily more pregnant. She's, uh, yes. she says, she's having this his baby, uh, my love, and he knows she's possessed as she speaks in tongues. The spirit of Abigail says, "I will get what's right." Well, at least you probably say this better than I could. I will get what's rightfully mine. I will get what's rightfully mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have a Dane fish accent, though, you know. I love this. This is, probably, this is probably my favorite song on the record because it's so oh, multi-move. Really? It's, there's so much in there. And like I said, you could take like one little part and like repeat it and make a whole another song out of it. But it's all, and, and that song is only like, it's less than three and a half minutes long. That's what blows my mind. That's a short song, and there's so much jam. And Michael Denner co-wrote this one. Yep. So, you know, but it's it's proggy. It's kind of mathy a little bit, you know. But the main thing is just it's like ten songs in one. It's amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of Merciful Fate the most. Yep. This one yep. does, actually. Yeah, most likely because Denner wrote part of it. But yep. yeah, with the changes and the way it's constantly going. Mm-hmm. Second yeah. favorite song for me, but I love the possession. Great track. It's groovy. Yes. My favorite line. <laughs> What's it wasn't love. She was possessed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Love yeah, it. Yeah. I, I love it too. I like the straightforward riffage, uh, how it begins, and uh, it's just. It, I'm telling you, I, to me, this album's flawless. I, I, I have nothing against any song on here. And this oh. is just another another great tune, you know? Mm. I don't know. I'm a little bit differently. Um, as Omens, this one still is not as catchy as the other songs in this album. I, I don't know what it is. Mm. Like, it, it's, it does have some cool parts in here, but mm. it just doesn't blow me away as much as the other songs do. I, it's not as I like... it doesn't have a hook. Right. No, but like for me, I like a lot of prog, and actually, I'll make. I don't know how in a fresh you guys are, but this reminds me a lot of like a uh, a coroner song with the oh, intensity I love corn. Yeah. and the changes. You know, it it reminds me of something like uh, "Spectators no of Sin" from R.I.P. Uh, yeah. no, uh, no more color. R.I.P. is my favorite one. The yeah. first one. Punishment for decadence for me personally. Oh, <laughs> I was fooled when I was a little kid. I bought an album cover that looked like that. Skeleton playing a violin. 
Yeah. But it was oh. the Grateful Dead. I said, man, this is going to rule the Grateful Dead. And I got home and I was like, what the hell? Did- oh, man. Chuck it up to Buffalo. And but it was so, was so sappy. <laughs> Ralph broke it over his <laughs> knee and never listened to Jerry Garcia again. <laughs> it was traumatizing. <laughs> uh, next song. You didn't want to be touched by the gray, did you? No, and I was, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> next song is Abigail. Uh, this one, uh, Jonathan is trying to talk to his wife through Abigail's possession, but Abigail has her fully possessed. Says Miriam. Uh, oh, fully possessed. Miriam is dead. I am her head. Abigail says. Uh, Miriam, Miriam reaches out one last time and tells Jonathan to push her down the stairs and kill her. It's the only way. He decides to give in to Abigail and leads his possessed wife to the crypt. Um, I like this song. Again, I don't, there's just something about this one that just still is not as catchy as the other songs. I don't, really? I don't, you think yeah. so? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, think this is actually... What's that? You know what? You know what it is. It's a, it's the title song of the album, and most of the time, the title songs of the album are supposed to be maybe one of the stronger songs on the whole album. I think this has the catchiest groove on the whole record. That's what I love about it, man. It's, it's almost we, the rhythm section is almost like a Rick James song, man. It's just real fucking groovy and funky, yeah, and it's catchy, like and it's pretty easy to sing. Abigail. I think oh, that's, yeah. what I don't, that's what I don't like about it, because he says Abigail, and he says it so many times, it's just ah, like, I, I, I love don't, that. I don't know. And then when he goes, I am alive inside your that's, wife. Yes, I that is the that. cool part. The, the chorus is awesome. Uh-huh. But otherwise, the verses, I, I just, I, they don't do nothing for me. Uh, that's my second favorite on here. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. My I favorite love line. Love Get a priest, priest, priest. You <laughs> will know how to get her soul back. Yes. <laughs> and I am head. Love it. Love this song. Yeah. Yeah, I love the ending, too. Oh, yeah. Because you know? they do that again. I am alive. <laughs> and it's do not soon I'll be free. And then you do a little, do 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 that's, that stuff saves the song. That saves the song for me. That. Yeah. Uh, anybody else wanted to add to that? I I love it. Love it. Have you heard? Uh, Ripper does a version of this. Uh, it's on yes, YouTube. Too, a live version. Uh, oh, I love it. I think he nails really? it. No. Really? Hmm. I'd never heard that. I'll have to yeah. check it out. It's like one of those. I don't know. What are those? Those bands called where all, a bunch of like you know rock stars uh, get together. Super groups, yeah, no, but yeah. it's no, it has a name it, to it, yeah, it has a name, and I think it was for Roadrunner Records or some oh, they, Roadrunner it's, United, something like that. It's professionally shot, and and they do it with Ripper. I can't remember who else was in the band, but it's, it is called Roadrunner United. I know what you're talking about now, yeah, and and it's really, really good. Well, this this album really put Roadrunner on the map. That is true. Yes. Yeah. That so that makes I, a lot of sense. Yeah, you think about it. I mean, looking back at that roster, maybe King Diamond was the biggest artist. I, I mean, at the time, I, I mean, so. Sepultura I, was later, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, they, they 
basically an importer. As far as I know, they were start they they were starting just you know as a well, distributor. Yeah, Sepultura wasn't actually even on Roadrunner until 1990. I mean, they re-released their earlier albums, uh, but they were only what, available as imports until Arise came out. No, that's what I meant. I I meant like King Diamond was the biggest till Sepultura came came and on the roster. Oh. Then they became bigger. I got you. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I would think so, but I, I that's kind of tough to say because. You know, Roadrunner was fairly big in Europe, and they did they had a big distribution deal over there. So I think it would kind of depend on the territory you're from. Yeah, I, I got to look into who was on the roster back then. I mean, I know I have, like, the band Toxic, uh, you know, Heart Attack, great well, album, I mean, but it, didn't, it wasn't really big, though. But, but just for example, Slayer's first few albums and EP are on Metal Blade in the U.S. Europe, right. Germany, everywhere else, Japan, it's on Roadrunner. Right. Yeah. So it it kind of depends on where you live, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think this the the reason that uh, Merciful Fate became King Diamond, from what I understand, there was an interview with Timmy Hansen, and he, you know, said that basically they were trying to get away from. I don't. I might have been Combat Records. They were trying to do another deal, and they were told you can't use the name Merciful Fate. So they, that's why they did this. And that's why it's basically, it's basically Merciful Fate for yeah. this album, for Fatal Portrait. It's still Merciful Fate, even though King Diamond's doing more of the songwriting. But uh, since Sherman's off, uh, but I think it was, it had, it's like Prince changing his name to a set of keys, you know, because you, know, <laughs> you, you can't use the name. We own your that name. That's like a set of keys. I never thought of that. <laughs> Neither have I. That's a good one. I never heard that story though. Where where would you hear that? I think I heard that. Well, I didn't hear it from Timmy Hansen because it was like Mm. subtitles. I don't remember. uh, Yeah, I don't remember uh, Michael Denner saying or even. um, I don't. I I don't think I'd ever heard anybody else say that. But to me, that makes sense. And then you see they go from combat to Roadrunner. Roadrunner starting to blow up. And you see it's basically three-fifths of the same band. They're writing kind of the same type of material. You know, it's a little less Hail Satan kind of stuff. It's more, you know, the storytelling kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's got it's got its own thing, you know, of course, because it, it's concept album kind of stuff. And it's more focused on the lead singer. But it's still basically Merciful Faith, you Damn, know. And then and that coincides with them switching to a different label. <laughs> so yeah. the story, it, it it kind of makes sense. I don't care what you call it. It's good. It's just oh, yeah. yeah. Awesome. I'm, I'm glad he kind of switched, you know. He, he does this yeah. very well. You know? Or at least yeah. he's, he's done it very well for a while. And yeah. Things happen. Uh, the Jimmy Black Horseman. Oh, yeah. yeah, he was awesome. Oh, yeah. The Black Horseman. The Black Horseman. The, the epic final, of the album. The epic of the album. Uh, the Black Horseman starts off with Abigail pushing Jonathan to his death down the steps. Uh, Miriam dies in labor in the crypt, remembering the ar- arrival. The last thing she sees is a pair of yellow eyes. The horsemen arrive just before dawn and take the baby who was eating the dead Miriam in the sarcophagus. Sarcophagus. <laughs> sarcophagus. Uh, to the chapel in the forest for the ceremony, and it ends. This is an awesome ending to any album, ever. 
You know, you got- Wayne, I was going to yell at you if you said you didn't like this one. This song fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. come on, Wayne, now you're going too far. No, that, how could you not like I the Black Horseman? For. <laughs> how could you not like the Black Horseman? That would be retarded. I would just stop watching this, doing this show if yeah. I did not like the Black Horseman. You got that acoustic intro, and you got that that, that, that creepy intro, with uh, actually before the acoustic intro, but with King the doing choir, uh, the, the choir with the look. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, just uh, just everything about this song is just so fucking awesome. You're just uh, the acoustic guitars, I think, is my favorite part of the whole thing, really, because that really adds a whole other thing behind the heavy guitars and the drums and everything. Just well, you awesome. know me, Wayne. You know I my know favorite you. part is I know when the acoustic ends and he goes at the bottom, bottom of the floor. I love the that too. Bottom of the <laughs> <laughs> that that, that to me awesome. makes it all fucking worth it. The whole it's album, yeah. Repeating that shit, you know, it's like, right. god damn, <laughs> so love it so much. So good. And you know, it's just a, he's just a master of arrangement because you know, writing parts is cool, writing riffs is cool, but how you put them together, in what sequence you put them together, how they flow together. I mean, King Diamond is just a master at that arranging and it's like there's these little tricks of the trade in writing heavy metal and w- one of those is the intro to the intro right well, <laughs> other genres have an intro and they do the song but in metal you can have an intro that goes to the intro and sometimes you have the intro to the intro to the intro you know and it's like it just builds on itself and this is the longest song on the record right. so it's kind of like Iron Maiden you know they put their most epic like longest song at the end of the record you know and and i think that's just it's like this payoff you yeah. know you went on this mm-hmm. journey telling you this story and then you just get this epic long musical payoff yeah yeah exactly greg it's a great song i love it um it's arranged like lisa was saying very very well this song itself is almost like a a, a mini concept album within the concept album it's so multifaceted um they just they really shine here perfect closer perfect song i love how they use the you know after the acoustic piece Mm -hmm. and then they bring it back toward the end before it just takes off Mm -hmm. yes it's just so beautifully constructed you know yeah it's all instrumental at the end and this song also has that bump bump Bump, 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 bump. It's got that four-four thing in this song mm-hmm. again too. And so yeah. something you'll just see. It's not like they overuse it or use it too much. It's just like it just reminds you, hey, this is merciful fate, and you know, it just reminds you who you're listening to. So, yeah, love it. Just- love it. Although I have to say, as much as I love it, I still wonder what this and Fatal Portrait would sound like with Kim Rose on drums. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would like it more, even though Mickey D is technically oh, better. Yeah. I would love to hear Kim Rose's interpretation of this. I, I would just love to hear less like reverb and shit on. You know, it's it's a dated mix. I mean, we all we have to admit it's a dated mix. It's still a good mix, mm. but you know, yeah. all this all snare. You know, it's just it's a bit. It's a bit much. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's old school. It brings you back. Yeah. It's like brings yeah. you back to the day. You know? Yeah, there, there is a lot of albums from the 80s, though, that have that wet 
drum sound that I can't stand that I wish they would redo. <laughs> some of, yeah. some bands it doesn't work with, but this album it, it works perfectly, I think. Yeah, it does. Because some some yeah. people over, overdo it, you know. Yeah. And lyrically, this song's really cool because it just ties it all together. And you know, like at the end, you uh, you could still hear her screaming if, if you're walking the stairs in July. So oh. he brings you out. He brings you out of the story to you, the listener, and you are. It, it, it turns attention to the listener. You, you know, so you're going from the from the past to the present. So. Yeah. At the at toward the end at the end of this album, they remind you that you're being told this story, and right. you know, and this ghost is still that ghost is still in that house, man. <laughs> yep, and that's the end of another lullaby. The time has come for me to say goodnight. <laughs> it's kind of like yeah. uh, the rhyme of the ancient mariner. You know, yep. see as a guy as he. Stops one of three, mesmerizes one of the wedding guests. You know, he's basically, he, I'm telling you the story. You know, and I tried to incorporate some of that in uh, 18 Rabbit. So I, I put my longest song, is over seven minutes on, on my record, you know, and, and made it a story. It basically goes from the present day to the past, you know, and, you know, back to the present day again. It kind of, you know, goes in and out of time. And that's what, and that's what this song does. And this is just part of that legacy of just song craft that mm. the great metal bands of the eighties had and the sophistication of lyrics. Cause I mean, early on merciful fate and a lot of bands that were like black metal or death metal or, you know, death metal or those lyrics are, I mean, they're corny, they're dumb, they're over the top, you know, but like nuns have no fun, just dumb lyrics, man, super <laughs> dumb. It's just, I'm going to rape you and stab you and then dig you up again or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> So this is like, man, this is really, you can see just this arc, just this upward arc of, yeah. of sophistication. Just yeah. so impressive, you know. And the dude, the dude is still doing it, too. That's what's just amazing. He's, he's, yeah. he's still going. So, you know, oh, yeah. I was 63 years old now, I think. Yeah, I just saw him a few Somewhere months ago. Yeah. Me, he too. Ended, he ended the show with Black Horseman. It was great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Ass. The and band now, that, ass. now that we're done with this, I pulled this out. Um, very first oh, time I saw King Diamond <laughs> was uh, the Abigail tour. This is the Abigail tour yeah. book, ah, which, nice. is, which is also uh, a poster where you have the band members, oh, the little story, and then you pull out the full poster. If you can make this out. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. Now, this is something, man, I couldn't find. My friend had a magazine at the time, and he was in the pit taking pictures. And I couldn't find the pictures except for the most important one I found. Now, here's <laughs> something very unique. I don't know if you can make this out. Oh, come over like, the other way. Oh, the, keep going. Right. There you go. And you go back really a little close. bit. Back, back a little up bit. A little. No, but I got to get it really close. Look at the fillings. The fillings? The things of Keith Te- and King's Teeth. It's an upside down cross. Oh, you get that out? oh yeah. The filling is an upside down cross. It is. Is that why? Satanic wow. dental. 
<laughs> you gotta go back. It's blurry. Nurse, I need suck shit. Right. Yeah, crying out Actually, loud. send me a picture, a picture of that, and I'll put it up on the. Uh, okay, I, I have. I tell you, I have like twelve pictures that he took that are that size, and that's the that's only one I can funny. find now. But it's uh, the most important one where you can see his feelings. Yeah, that's that's funny. Actually, I think did you tell us that before? You might have. Maybe I did. I don't know. I think you might have, but you never showed us the picture, so that's that's okay. Cool. Yeah, I went looking for pictures, and I only found that one. I know I have many more. That's cool. Uh, before this album, well, actually, maybe after this album, I don't know when those songs were released. Uh, actually, oh. but uh, the song "Shrine." We didn't yeah, it was about. during the time because yeah. it was the, the B side of Family. It was Ghost. the B side of Family. Ghost, I have so. that. I have that single on vinyl. Single, yeah. That's a cool song. I, I like that song a lot. I, 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 it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't fit with the album because it it's out of the story. But yeah, like that part you just did, I am burning for you. I, I love that. That's it's really cool. Yeah, I like that song a lot. Um, but uh, one one thing I was gonna um, bring up, uh, I was watching an interview with him earlier, and some of what Lisa was talking about uh, was right. It was during the Fatal Portrait Tour, but you could tell they were recording Abigail and they were talking to him about some different things. And he said, well, you know, not to discount any of that, Fatal Portrait is the third Merciful Fate album as far as I'm concerned, regardless of what anybody says. He said, but, you know, I want to move away from the whole Satan thing because I feel like people aren't taking me seriously. And at the end of the day... I really don't care what you believe, and I'm not here to preach to you, he said. So what I really want to do is I, I want to tell people stories, and I want them to be horror stories, and I don't feel that anybody's ever done this before. So I feel you'll really get to see who I am on my next album, talking about Abigail. That's great. Yeah. And I thought that was a really cool interview with him. Uh, the only thing that kind of sucked about the interview was once he goes off, the hosts are like mocking him a little bit. It's like, oh, shut up. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, the guy yeah. didn't say one thing about Satan during the whole interview other than that he was moving away from that. And then they proceed to make all these stupid jokes after he goes off. Yeah. Well, that's what Ghost did, too, with Meliora. And they were, I, I don't know if they were advised to do that. I I think they may have been advised to do that. And they had one song, I think it was Majesty, where they were going to, he was going to use the word Satan. And mm-hmm. uh, he said, Master, instead of Satan. Mm-hmm. And they were like, just take it out and let's see what happens. You know, see mm-hmm. what happens. And then they had a broader appeal and it's still very sinister. It's very dark. I mean, lyrically, it's extremely dark, that record. But they won a Grammy. Yeah. You know, I don't think they're going to win a Grammy. It's like Satan this and Satan that, and you know. No. So, yeah. Yeah. So it worked. That's right. It worked. Yeah. And that that, that, that was, was became a huge hit. Oh, there was one other song. Uh, no presents for Christmas. How did it no, really like that? We talked about that with Fatal Portrait, though, that, because no, it came did. out. Well, yes, that came we out before Fatal Portrait. That was the first thing he released. Oh, was the single? Oh, okay. Yeah. It was the first thing before Fatal Portrait, which had Karen on the on the B side. Okay. Yeah. Everybody liked that song. Love. Yeah. I, I, I'll tell you a funny story about Very that song. silly, but I like it. When yeah. I saw when I saw the House of God tour, he performed it. Came out in Santa suit, and he mm-hmm. came out with a present, a box, and he threw it in the audience. And my friend opened it up, and there was nothing in there. <laughs> that, like that's genius. <laughs> no presents like for Christmas. 
<laughs> no, for nothing for you. You get anything, you'll like it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but the, the one thing I like about Abigail, and which doesn't, it's not always uh, common with a lot of uh, concept albums, and even some of his later albums, you can listen to every song kind of on its own. You don't have to listen to this in order, I don't think. Right. Every song works right. on its own. Yeah. And some of his later albums, I think you have to listen to them, you know, in, in complete order. But this one, you don't have to. Even even Fatal Portrait, you can listen to them all whenever you want, you know. And that's what makes this album good. That's what makes any concept album good, you know. If you can listen to the songs on their own. And that's what that album accomplishes. Right. And that's all I gotta say. The only thing negative I would ever have to say about this is he should have never tarnished the legacy by making the sequel. Mm. I agree. I, I sat down and I got lost, like reading it. I was like, I don't get this story. This story and the music wasn't. Uh, yeah, the, it really the, the 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 music is awful. You know, the, they sat down with Hal Patino and Pete Black back, and they said, "Let's make something that sounds like them." And there, there's no passion in it. It sounds by the numbers, and it's just it's mm-hmm. it's not good. It's the only King Diamond album I really dislike. I gotta agree with you there. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to talk about those because, you know, with these albums, it's so hard to not like a song. And and when we get to the later stuff, there's plenty of things that people don't like. Well, uh, Abigail Two has to be the one King Diamond album that's tough to get through. Abigail Two. What bugs me the most about it is it's the only time he ever stopped, went back, and repeated himself instead of just going forward with his own ideas. And I think that's why it really suffers. Yeah, like as, you know, them and conspiracy work because he did them back to back. You know, he didn't have to, you know, go back and think of it again, you know. No, but he also, you know, planned them and conspiracy as a two part story. Abigail was supposed to end there. Right. It wasn't supposed to. Hey, and unfortunately, you know, I mean, it, it in the end, it was a good idea from, for him because he had to stop touring for a little bit while there because he had an injury and it really kind of brought him back and the tour was successful and i get it i just don't like that one <laughs> all right well again thanks lisa for coming on Had yes, a lot of fun. you were great you have to come Thank on again you. meet you guys yeah and uh, please tell tell people where they can buy your album again white crone ah, on Bandcamp. white crone c-r-o-n-e and uh if you like classic metal if you like King Diamond, Merciful Fate, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, Man of War, Ronnie James Dio, all that kind of stuff, I I try to let that let them channel themselves out and produced an album that's just like a prayerful homage yeah. to the metal that we loved. And yes, whitecrone.bandcamp.com. And you also have a, a special guest on one of the songs as well. I do. There's kind of a doomy song. It's like 58 beats per minute or something. And Vinny Apice comes on it. So nice. I still like pinch myself. <laughs> wow. Vinny Apice. And, yeah. and then you also have a, a cover. Fucking rap. Sorry. <laughs> Are you planning a rave later? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, re- exactly. you retired to become a club kid? I told him I was ready to dance at five uh, thirty. I didn't know we'd still we're gonna be on. We need us. We ran late. Uh and also too, uh you did a cover of a Venom song, Seven Gates of Hell, right? I did, oh, Seven nice. Gates of Hell. And because I you know, I gotta love that that first wave of black metal. 
you know, Merciful Fate and King Diamond and Celtic Frost and Venom, man. Venom, they were the shit. And that Angel song. Dust. I, just, I have that, a Venom poster just, hanging right there, Frame. Just, you know, I polished it up and imagined, like, what if Dio sang Venom? And that's what the Seven Gates of Hell turned into. I got it here. I, I, I really it. liked it. I wasn't sure what it was going to sound like, but it's reworked well. I love it. Well, thank you. It's yeah. pretty. It's pretty. As far as the arrangement, it's pretty much the same. Pretty much the same song. It's just. Oh, know. it is. Yeah, but it's not. You know, recorded in a trash can, and <laughs> uh, un- unlike Kronos. You already know how to play the bass. <laughs> I, I thought he kicked ass on that record, but you know, I think it's the singing thing. I was like, this song actually, you know, could work. Somebody actually singing it instead of just grunting the words, you know. So I actually heard it on an airplane. I'm, I'm, I was on a long flight. I think it was going to the UK or something. And I, I got, I downloaded on, uh, I just downloaded this whole, like, Venom anthology. Like, everything they ever did, even, like, radio commercials they did, you know. And uh, just listen to the whole thing. When I got to that song, I was like, I got to do this. I got to do this song. I just fell in love with it, man. So, yeah. Glad you dig it. Very cool. Glad and also, too, if you yeah, do you buy the CD for, from Lisa, she will sign it for you as well. Yeah, oh, cool. tell it to. So yeah. that was really cool. And then you also have your blues thing as well, right? Uh, where LisaMan.com, right? LisaManMusic.com. So blues, contemporary blues, little R and B. Actually, Vinnie Apsley played on one of my blues songs. If you can right. believe that, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. So I just cold called him, said, "Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you, you do side gigs, man. Here, will you play on my record?" And he said, "Okay." So. That was cool. That was that. That so, was uh, yeah, still doing that thing. Got a new, got a new EP coming out. It's kind of Americana and blues. That'll be coming out probably in a couple of months. Oh, awesome! Cool. Finish that up during this quarantine. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. Hopefully, we get out of this soon. All right. Anything else, Ralph? You want to talk about your podcast? Where they can find you? You can find me on this podcast. Belongs to them on yeah. the Rat uh, Rat Salad Review Network. <laughs> uh, so the Vieira Vault podcast and Almost Human on YouTube, which is approaching sixteen thousand subscribers, Whoa! and uh, nine uh, just past nine million views. Wow! And, uh, wow! Jeez! Yeah. So uh, cool. Pretty cool, man. Oh, and my my radio show oh, yes. on Thursday nights, eight p.m. Eastern, on thatmetalstation.com. Cool. We're catching up to you. Uh, we only have uh, 262 subscribers, so we're getting there. Oh, well, you just <laughs> sent me a commercial, and I'm t- I'm going to start tacking them on to my future videos. I have a lot of videos I got to put up before that, but once uh, yeah, I, I have a recent video to put the commercial on, I will give you a heads up when it's finally aired. All right, very cool. Actually, I have an updated version. I had to resend it to you. Somebody okay, that's fine. Change the name of their show. Anyway. Uh, we're going to go to an interview that me and Greg did with uh, Michael Denner, and we will talk about yep. the Abigail album. And actually, this is going to be Michael Denner's uh, last interview for a while because, obviously, he left King Diamond. So he'll be back later on. But uh, enjoy our interview, or one of our last interviews with Michael Denner about King Diamond, and we will see you next time. Smack, I'm a gob.
Slowly we rot. Yeah. Now for the Abigail album. Yeah. Um, that's that's the one that you know, like you said earlier, that's the one that everybody goes to as the yeah. their favorite yeah. album. Is this yeah. your favorite King Diamond album that you've been a part uh, of? Yes, yes, yeah. it is. And the, the reason is um, uh, the band was uh, tight. Yeah. We very well played play together. It was a very strong lineup. Mm. And the two sweets in the band, they, uh, they now they were part of the, of, of the band and the, and the, the working progress. Mm. On the first album, they just came in and did what we asked them to do. Yeah. On the second one, they, uh, they had uh, something to say. They, they wrote, uh, wrote uh, arranged and wrote songs. And uh, the playing was excellent. Yeah. Very, yeah. I mean, the drums on that. I mean, Miggy is a brilliant drummer. Yeah, the same goes for Snowy. I mean, yeah. even though the, it, 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 it's two guys uh, I played with, but they're among my very favorite, uh, all-time favorite drummers. These mm-hmm. two guys, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah they both uh, influenced me a lot. Mickey, oh, Mickey, a little bit great. more because of uh, you know these, you know, the two Marcel, uh, two Marcel, two King Diamond albums, where yeah. you know I really got to hear Mickey's playing, and yeah, he's just yeah. he's awesome. I mean, he still is really. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now he's tearing it up with Scorpions. He's always Scorpions, yeah. yeah, making a lot of money. I, I can yeah. imagine. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. they they were always one of my favorite bands too. I mean, he, he picked a good one. They don't really. Oh yeah, do, I mean, uh, I'm I'm a big fan of the of the things they did with the Uli Roth. Uli Roth. Me too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Virgin Killer and uh, uh, you know, Take It by Force uh, yeah. uh, in trance. In trance. Yeah, and that guitar work. <laughs> it's amazing. I saw, I saw, actually, I saw them live when they just uh, uh, released uh, In Trance in the mid 70s wow. in Copenhagen. They were supporting a band called The Sweet in uh, Copenhagen. And oh, okay. The Sweet were huge here at that point in, in mid 70s. So uh, when Scorpions came in, completely unknown. Uh, all the kids, uh, 5,000 kids started, uh, we won't sweet, we won't sweet. And then uh, they started to play, and I was sitting there, second row, uh, just, wow, what the hell is this? And the guitarist, man, it, it was amazing. Actually, I, I met Uli, Uli Roth, in, uh, I played in uh, Tel Aviv in Israel, as, as an all-star jam, and he was really? there. And I said, I saw you in uh, 1976 in Copenhagen supporting Oh, Brøndby Harlen in, in Copenhagen. <laughs> you remember that? That's your, you know. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah, cool. Amazing so, guitarist. Mm. Oh, I agree. Um, my my favorite Scorpion song of all time is one of his, "Will Burn the Sky" from Taken. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, that's a great one. Song. <laughs> yeah, Michael B. I mean. Uh, Pictured Life, uh, uh, Backstage, the, the, the songs on uh, uh, on Virgin Killer, uh, because of the guitaring, it's it's amazing what he can play. It's, yes. I mean, still to this day, you know, I mean, not many guitarists can play what he did. Uh, I mean, that's that's well over forty years ago. I mean, that man was smoking. What a brilliant guitarist. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, just look at Robot Man. Real short song, but uh, he he tears it up on there in a way. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, with his sound and his shit. You know, of course he's inspired by Hendrix, but there's so much more in it. There's so much more in his playing. You know. Oh yeah, yeah and his feel is uh, exceptional. Really, really, I mean, these uh, these Hanover guitarists, you know, Michael Schenker, <laughs> Uli Roth, and uh, I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's very, very high on my list. 
But then again, you can also hear it on my own playing. I was I was very inspired by these guitarists. You know, I have see, yeah, the, the Northern Europe, uh, uh, the Hanover style, as Snowy call it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you say I play Hanover guitar, <laughs> and I take that as a big, big compliment. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I, th- I think that's one of the reasons I got uh, into Merciful Fate so easily is because of the guitars. Because you guys do do, especially your playing, reminds me. A little bit of Uli, and I was huge into that era of wow. Scorpions. I'm really, I'm really proud that you say that, man. Because this, uh, I mean, Uli is—he's uh, a big, big hero for me. I mean, definitely on my top, top five guitar, mm-hmm. guitar list. Yeah, yeah. You mm-hmm. both make my top ten. So, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> Who is the the guitarist that got you into playing guitar? Uh, actually, my, it was my father who was a blues guitarist in the late sixties. Okay. He said, "Yeah, he was sitting there because we. Uh, I mean, I'm. Uh, I think I, I'm one one uh, one sixteenth of me are uh, uh, gypsy. Uh-huh. So we had a lot of the gypsy uh, gypsies came to our, our home and uh, played with my father. Okay. So I was sitting there watching his fingers, you know, and uh, and I I started playing myself uh, in in around nineteen seventy seventy one. Oh, that's so, cool. yeah, well, that's yeah. nice. So that was inspired me in the beginning, but then one of my very first heroes in, of course, Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin, but uh-huh. also a guy called Leslie West from the band called Mountain. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. He's a big, I mean, a big influence for me, and and also, and I I read that Michael Schenker's inspiration is Leslie West as well. So oh, wow. so yes. things are starting to get. I mean. Then you, you you answer some questions. But I said, "Oh, <laughs> he he got the same inspiration by by Leslie West, you know." Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's it's funny too. You you mentioned that because so so many of the bands I love you and then we we're talking about them uh, that mentioned Leslie West, but also even Mick Ralphs from another one of my favorite bands, Mop the Hoople. Oh, yeah. That's who. Oh yeah, that company after that. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. Yeah. He says, "Yeah, Leslie." Yeah, it's West a very nice tone. Biggest... Yes. A very nice tone, Mick Ralph. No, yeah, I saw him at the Hubel uh, live here in Copenhagen, and uh, it was also right mid seventies. But they um, wow. they changed the guitarist. Mick Mick was not playing the band; he was in a bad company. So they picked uh, a guy called uh, Mick Ronson, who played uh, with David Bowie. So I, when I saw them live, suddenly Mick Ronson was on stage with with Martha Hubel instead of uh, Mick Ralph. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. But it was yeah, a great wow. concert, though. You, that, that, um, that was the last tour they did before they dropped the hoople from the name, and Ian Hunter left. Exactly. Uh, because, exactly. Yeah, because when Mick left, they had uh, Ariel Bender, Luther Grossbender from Spooky yeah. Tooth, and then he took off. So, wow, that's amazing. Not very many yeah. people got to see those uh, shows. No, no, no. And, and then uh, Luther Grossbender, I mean, he, he was an okay guitarist, but not in the same league as Miguel in my in my book. No, he, no. Miguel was a far better guitarist, as I see it, you know, uh, more in my taste, definitely. Oh, yeah. Well, you can go and uh, uh, just with Mata Hoople, their uh, 1970 album, Brain Capers. You know, oh, yeah. What he, what he does is just so amazing on there and so unique. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Hoople with uh, Grassbender on it, which is, is popular. It's glam rock. Some songs are cool, but um, yeah. Mott kind of lost their heart when they lost Nick. No, no. I mean, I mean, it's not. It's the guitar. The guitar playing is not in the same league. I yes. mean, he he plays a bit a bit messy, as I hear it. You know, a bit like a chaotic <laughs> compared yes. to Mick Ralph, who is a more a basic blues blues rock guitarist. 
uh, I saw that company in 76 in uh, Copenhagen, you know, they, were, they just released the album uh, Run With The Pack. And oh, Mick Ralph nice. was sharp, you know, he played a great, great guitaring, you know, it was, it was so cool. Yeah. All right, let's get back to Abigail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get Side carried track. away. Did, I mean, to to talk about to talk about uh, when we start talking about seventies, uh, hard, hard and heavy, yeah. then I'm I'm unstoppable, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's my big That's passion. Fine. You, come <laughs> okay. on, I would, I would love to talk about Blue Oyster Cold any day of the week. Oh, so. oh. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started, man. <laughs> oh, you're, you're a fan of that too. Oh yeah, 70, 78. Yeah, right. They had a, uh, the, the support act was uh, John Cougar Mellencamp. <laughs> he, was, yeah. he was completely unknown at that point. Wow. He was completely unknown. Wow. He, he did a good set though. It was good rock rock set. Yeah, he's though, got but, some uh, cool songs. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> but Blue Eyes the Call were they blew me away. They had this uh, laser show, you know, as one of the first mm-hmm. bands ever to play mm-hmm. with laser. Wow. It oh, was yeah. amazing. Um, yeah. I, uh, Thirty-eight. I, I watched uh, a documentary about that, actually. They were mm. the first ones that developed that, and mm. Kiss and everybody else would actually rent it from them. Wow. So now yeah. I, always heard, I always heard that Zeppelin was the first uh, laser act. No, I, I, I do believe it, gave, it was like quite sensational when they did it uh, in, uh, way back in 78, uh, Blue Oyster mm. Cult. And mm. they did. They released uh, Some Enchanted Evening, that live album. That was from mm-hmm. the same tour as I saw yep. them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Way back then. <laughs> okay, but let's go return to Abigail. Yeah, I like I like them. Okay, they're, good band. they're, they're from my area, so I have to like them, you know. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, Abigail, is there? Is, do you have a favorite song off of this? And and I hope you say Black Horseman. I mean, <laughs> now you make it hard for me, you know. I mean, there are there are so many great songs, but for Horsemen, of course. Yeah. I mean, the solo I did on that is uh, there's a lot of people pointing at that uh, that solo, and it, it wasn't um, actually that solo wasn't among my favorites when I recorded it yeah. because it was more like basic. I mean, that was more basic, basically me. It was not. Um, I mean, some of the solos I did uh, on that album, uh, I, I had to really try hard to make, to make it work. And this was yeah. just, it just came out of me, you know, yeah. <laughs> that, that solo. So, uh, mm. but uh, of course, it's a very beautiful song. I'm also into the, the, the title track okay. because of King's yes. vocals on that, on the title track. Uh, it's, I mean, in my book, it could be his finest moment ever as a vocalist. Yeah. Mm. The title track on yes. that. Again. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. Now there was a there was a video for that song, right? Yeah, yeah. Were you or no? It was a Family Ghost. Family Ghost. Family Ghost. Yeah. Were you in the video? I can't remember off the top of my head. No, I uh, I quit uh, right before they started the tour and the video recordings, and and and, and it was Michael Moon who replaced me. Right. Yep. And he but he he was only on the he played one tour and uh, they released one album from that yeah, uh, live Abigail album. Live or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It, it, it didn't really work in, uh, as I as I as I see it. But yeah. um, then they got Pete Black and it became better, you know, for, uh, yeah, on, yeah. on them and the conspiracy and forward, you know. Mm-hmm. That was, what was uh, your, uh, he, he fitted more perfectly, perfect for the band, in my, in my opinion. You know. What, what was but, your um, decision on leaving? Pardon? What was your decision to leave? Uh, the thing is, we had a discussion because at that point um, there was a lot of hype, especially in Sweden, about uh, Marty Crew and, and and bands like that. You know, with high hair and uh, makeup and shit. Yeah. And uh, I always hated it. Right. So we had a discussion because the Swedes, the Swedes in the band wanted it to be more glamorous. Uh, the yes. the image of the uh, the King Diamond band. Right, 
And as you can see, if you if you flip the, the cover on uh, on Abigail, you can see this uh, this guy, you know, in a leather jacket, looking very uh, you know moody. Yeah. And the rest of the guys are standing like flash, flashy guys with uh, with uniforms and uh, and high hair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the reason why I left because I, I could not uh, I could not be part of that. You know, uh, I I always hated that uh, that type of music. Right. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. You I I I've never been into this uh, you know eighties glam. <laughs> yeah. That's not that's not for me. You know, yeah. definitely not. Well, you you seem to have straight hair as well. So I don't know if your hair would really perm that well. <laughs> You're right. I mean, I don't have hair for your band, so I quit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. But but then again, I always it's it's always been my, also been my 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 dream to uh, to have my own record shop. Right. And I um, I was able to open one uh, at that point. And I had a girlfriend that, back then. I was supposed to marry, and there was a lot of things, you know, going on. And the, but the last straw was the straw was uh, the, the discussion about uh, the image. Mm. Uh, with the sweets, I say, I no way I will do it, you know. And uh, I asked King, and he said, it's up to you guys to decide and take that discussion. And then I slammed the door and I say, yeah, just forget it. I, I'm out. I'm out of here. Out of here. You know. <laughs> so did you listen to? <laughs> yeah, did you listen to any of the uh, albums after that? Pardon? Were you, were, did you listen to the, any of the albums after you left? Or, or oh, were you still oh yeah, a fan? definitely. When I when I heard them, the uh, the, the, the next studio album with Pete Black, uh, uh, which was he was an old friend of mine uh, before he he uh, he joined King Diamond, a oh. great guy and a great guitarist. But uh, when I heard them, I, it was like uh, seeing your girlfriend kissing another guy. <laughs> it, I mean, I, I, I of course I didn't break down, you know, but uh, I, I got really sad and, and yeah, jealous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I heard it, yeah, because it was a brilliant album. <laughs> so yes. that was even worse. And, I mean, I, of course, I didn't hope that it was awful because I was out, but but uh, uh, not that good, please. <laughs> it was brilliant. Yeah, and the same goes for the next album, Conspiracy. That was also a good, very good album, a strong album in my book. Yeah. So you wish you would have stayed and just dealt with the perm. Pardon? I said you wish you would have stayed and just dealt with the perm. Uh, no, no, no way. <laughs> Not for anything in the world, man. Nothing. No, 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 no. You get rid of the uh, the uh, uh, what the the flying V and get a Kramer guitar. Yeah, get a Kramer yeah. guitar yeah. and start posing. You know, like yeah. you know. <laughs> That's not my type. I, I mean, I'm 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 a children of of hippies, you know. So I'm I'm I, I mean, that's not that's not my that's yeah, not my yeah. thing, you know. Yeah. I tried to put put a bit of uh, curls in my hair, you know, for for the cover of uh, Fatal Portrait, <laughs> yeah. and and that that was more than enough for me. When I, when I see the, the the photo these days, you know, even I, I look cute, but then again, I no, my God, <laughs> that's not you. <laughs> that's not you on that that, that photo, you know. So, so in in between that and the uh, you know in the shadows album, what did you do? You had the music store then. I had the music store, and I um, immediately after started to work on my new band, Lavina. Okay. It was a band I tried to do, but the thing is, uh, at that point, I was uh, I was partying a lot. I was drinking quite heavily, you know, and uh, my life was a bit uh, sh- shaky. Yeah. Uh, because right after I quit King Diamond, uh, my my girlfriend I was supposed to marry left me, mm. so uh, I was like in uh, like like in a hole, you know, in bet- between chairs, yeah. and I uh, I mean, 
but this happened for, for a lot of people, you know, you go down for, for, for some time. Uh-huh. So um, I started to work on this band, Lavina, and okay. it, uh, it didn't work. You know, I was not serious about it. Yeah. And then uh, my, old, uh, my old friend Hank, he was getting fed up with the fate and the pop, new, pop uh, heavy. So he, uh, he asked me, let's, let's try and, and, and work out some songs, you know, let's see if we can do something. Uh-huh. And we did uh, the Sosa Mess uh, album. Okay. If you know that. Do you know that? Sosa Mess? So, no. Hmm. no we, we did an album together in 91, uh, which okay. is a pure heavy, heavy rock, 70s inspired. Oh, and we, uh, we brought in uh, some guest singers, you know, Jens from uh, The Brats was in and, and singing, you know. Oh, uh, and, and we... Uh, we uh, we did an album there and uh, started uh, writing songs for the second album, oh. and uh, then uh, uh, King he heard some of the songs we were supposed to do for the second album, mm. was they've been around ninety two, right. and then he said it sounds like all merciful fate. Wow! And uh, yeah, one thing led to another, and then we uh, reunited because of oh. these songs. Okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. So it wasn't like a like a record label thing, you know, wanting to get the band back together. No, 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 no. It was like King was uh, at my place for coffee, yeah. and I played these uh, Sosa Mess tunes we were supposed to release for the album number two. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Wow, that sounds like old Muscle Fate." Wow. And then we started. Remember the old days and things. And, uh, and Hank was back in business, playing heavy, and uh, it was like sweet music just came out, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. Like a fairy tale, you know. Then, yeah, yeah. yeah three I amigos haven't... were back. <laughs> yeah. What was Greg? I was gonna say I haven't heard that album in a long time, but um, Vizier of the of the Wasteland, if I remember right. Oh yeah. Oh, you know this. Yeah. You know the album. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, oh really good. Like yeah, yeah, Wayne. Like I said, I I'm super into Michael's guitar playing. I got all the old so am I, but I made demos and everything in between. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of you know both King Diamond's fight and Mike's stuff, but you know, not not okay. like you. You know, Greg Greg's younger than me, but he he acts like he's like uh, thirty years older than me. He's just like an old soul. <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's collecting he's collecting stuff seriously. Yeah. seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I saw mine. It's the same I mean, with me and, and 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 the old stuff from the seventies. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a huge collector of yeah. uh, of uh, heavy heavy rock in general. Yeah. yeah. So my, if you were on video, you'd see behind me my my wall of CDs. Everybody makes fun of me about, but um, yeah, Greg just comes up with all these weird, you know, bands and things. And I, sometimes I don't know, and sometimes I do. But like this, yeah. like you just brought up, I had no idea. Yeah, it's a real, <laughs> cool. It's a, it's cool. A real Check it out, man. There's some good songs I, on that. I definitely will, because you know, yeah. I like your playing. And especially mm-hmm. if you two, if you and Hank are back together, I ha- definitely have to hear it. So I mean, there's some quite sharp guitar guitar work on that one. You know, there's some good mm-hmm. guitar work. Uh, and and also some good stuff. I mean, Jens from Brad's uh, the Brad's days. He mm-hmm. he done some very nice vocals on on that mm-hmm. album. You know, yeah. I thought so as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm.